the Never Gets Old podcast, the podcast of all we love in TV, movies, music, and comics, with your hosts, Mac Jackson and Nick Narrow. Look for us on YouTube and Facebook. Hello and welcome everybody to the Never Gets Old podcast. I'm Nick Narrow. And I'm Mac Jackson. And last week uh, we asked the question about what was your first and favorite uh, video game when you first noticed video games. For me it was Pac-Man. That was the first one I noticed. And what was yours, Nick? The first one I played was uh, the original Super Mario Brothers. Huh. but my favorite was like was Sonic the Hedgehog too. Yeah, it's a really long time. The uh, uh, before I, I read what everybody wrote in, uh, another thing I forgot to tell you, which I know you'll appreciate. I don't remember how old I was. Um, Twelve, I guess maybe. My father had run a, a truck stop, and it was a restaurant and a garage, and in between was an arcade. And I used to go up there and. You know, do odd jobs, uh, wash the dishes, and all that type of stuff in the restaurant. Well, before that even happened, uh, for my birthday one time, I remember I was opening presents, and my father and brother-in-law went out the back. They said, "We'll be right back." So, okay, I didn't know what they could have possibly have, you know, had for me. What did they bring in? But a, a giant actual arcade game of. Um, Oh, what the heck was the name of it? With the with the caterpillar, uh, not the caterpillar. Uh, centipede. Centipede. Thank you. I actually had the arcade centipede game. Awesome. And uh, what was the other one I had? I got centipede, but I also got uh, space invaders. Or no, not space invaders. It was asteroids. So imagine that sitting in your living room for quite a while. Yeah, that's awesome. Right? <laughs> I always wanted, like, um, we we talked a little bit about uh, having ridiculous things if you had the money and or were famous and stuff. And um, I slipped my mind, but aside from the, the uh, parade of ridiculous cars that I'd like to have, um, a room with a bunch of those arcade cabinets would be something that I would want to. Um, with games like, you know, the classics, uh, you know, Centipede and, and um, what is it, Galaga and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so the Super Mario Brothers ones and um, the, the Ninja Turtles ones, the Simpsons, the X-Men's and the, of the original Street Fighter 2 ones, like that. awesome. Hey, I'd want Mortal Kombat. Yeah, see, I was never a huge Mortal Kombat fan. Huh. I don't, I, I mean, I, I like it just fine, but I like Street Fighter better. Huh. I was like, um, what was the one where they, they had the, uh, I still have them. I buy them Tekken. Whenever Tekken would come out, I always yeah. grab a new Tekken. That's so funny because they always have the one character dressed in the yellow and black jumpsuit like Bruce Lee. Yep. You know. Um, but yeah, that, that, that was pretty cool to get up in the morning before school, go down and play video games until it was time to go to school. 
And I remember beating both games. Which was, yeah. I think that was one of the first times. I'm like, oh, whoa, I actually beat this? Yeah. Oh, all right. You know, and then we kept the game until the uh, the screen burnt out. and Because it was put up in the attic, and that's where I would play it a lot. And yeah. the screen burnt out, and then we just never replaced it. And, you know, then it came time for my parents to sell the house a few years ago. And they're like, well, what are we going to do with this? I'm like, not my problem anymore. The screen is gone. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It was probably worth some money, though, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, when it got sold, it probably still was like that that uh, time period where video games were like, you know, still kind of underground and nerdy. And like, if you played them, you were either a child or a huge nerd. But like, now, if, you, if you'd still had that, even you know broken you probably could have got some money for it you know yeah it's you know what it was it was the hassle of trying to get it up and down the steps oh yeah you know because it was it was not easy to get up there a small door frame try and get it in now turn it now get it up the attic steps yeah you figure you know that's a one-time deal we're lucky if we're accomplishing that <laughs> yeah you got it up all the way up there and didn't break it so <laughs> right to the top of the steps and it was left there there was a plug and that was good enough yep that's still that's that's so cool though but yeah i mean that's something i would i would love to have um is like a, a room with that you know oh absolutely um, and just like jars of quarters and just empty them out and keep like putting them back in the jars or whatever so that would be cool <laughs> And the, uh, you know, it's so funny because I think about things like that. You know what the biggest hassle, uh, the biggest deterrent, I should say, of me playing video games, uh, you know, what I've got to do is get recording music. The biggest deterrent, setting it all up. It's such a major, you know, for, for video games, less so. Except, you know, you're sitting there in the chair and going, what do I want to do with my half hour of free time? Right. I could play video games, but I got to plug that in and pull that out, and, you know. Uh, and then you just kind of talk yourself out of it. Yeah. And with the, you spent half an hour like deciding not to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> by that time, like, oh well, the time went by. I guess I'll watch something instead. You know, same thing with the recording stuff that I got to get going. That's why I want to have Sean come over and be in the room with me. Just it, it helps to have someone there to give you some feedback. You know. Also, I mean, he's tech savvy enough that he can say yes or no to what I think is. Does it? You know, am I plugging this in the right way? <laughs> yeah. There's my yeah. buddy from New Jersey who actually initially helped me figure it out. Because even though they give you directions, it's not easy. You, know, you press a button the wrong way and you're you're stuck. Yeah. Um, Plus, you I, you need to have. For today's video games, anyway, or I shouldn't even say all of them, but like, uh, say you're gonna play like a PlayStation 3 or Xbox game, or even the Wii, like a game you go to the store and buy, you need to set way more time than a half hour for a free time to play because sometimes you'll get like a 10 minute cutscene before you even get into any sort of, you know, level, and then the levels themselves take a half hour to 45 minutes to beat, so you're you have to have some time. You That's, have to be able to waste that time if you want to consider it a waste. Um, exactly. And by the time I get, when I get into it, I know I'm going to be exhausted by the time I'm done. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm going to stay up until 2 o'clock in the morning at least and then go, oh, crap, I'm tired. You know, or just be so full of adrenaline that now I can't get to sleep. 
I don't know that I've ever had that happen. No? Oh, I do that. I, I, I'm like, all right, all right, I'm done. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go to bed. And I'm just laying there thinking, you know, I, I probably could beat that level if I just went around that one guy and did that one thing. And you know, and I'm thinking, oh, now it's three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that happens. It does happen. Uh, um, playing a game, like, yeah, no, I'm just gonna, just gonna beat this level, and then turns into uh, oh but this level looks cool that was, okay I'll just I'll just beat this level yeah I just want to see how it starts like 2:45 a.m. and I'm like oh no <laughs> yeah I just want to see how this this movie in between goes as soon as I know how the movie goes I should be okay yeah ooh this screen all right well I know I'm I'm do that all the time um but here let me read what a uh, couple people said here. Okay. In response to our questions, if it would pop up. Taken forever. Yep. I, I just had it up before, and now it's going to give me a hard time. Um, yeah, it's thinking. Ah, here we go. Okay. So, we have from Chris... Uh, he said, <clears throat> I can't remember the first time I played a video game, but my earliest memories are of River City Ransom, TNC mm -hmm. Surf Designs, Mario 3, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the <laughs> NES. My favorite yeah, has... What, what were you saying? Which is the game we talked about. Yeah, again. yeah, yeah. That son of a... I, it's so funny. After we talked about it for the next week, I'm like... <gasps> Yeah, you're right. That sucked. Oh God! I and I, I, I had like post-traumatic stress memory coming back to me, like the frustration <laughs> watching them go down. Okay, good. Now they're jumping down into the sewers. You know. Yep. Uh, yep. What else did he say? My favorite has uh, almost always been Final Fantasy VI. It, yeah. It's the V with the I after it, so I think that's yep. for its engaging story. At the time, beautiful graphics which I would agree are still timeless, and of course, it's music. Right. So that... Um, I've always... I don't know if he meant 6 or 7. Um, I know when I heard of Final Fantasy, or like really heard of it, uh, it was 7 was the big game, because uh -huh. it was on PlayStation 1. It had amazing graphics and story and, and, and cutscenes, um, and uh, it was like three discs that you had to play across um, an, an enormously massive game. Um, but I never, number one, had a PlayStation. I never got PlayStation until PlayStation 2 came out, and even then, like, way, way after the fact, and I got it only to play Grand Theft Auto 3. <laughs> um, and number two, I am not a huge fan of turn-based RPGs, which is what Final Fantasy is. Mm -hmm. Which means it's almost like essentially playing, you know, Magic the Gathering or any of those card games, but animated, where um, I know most of our listeners who are into video games already know this, but for those who don't know, uh, a turn-based RPG, you you uh, travel across a map and you, you solve puzzles and do whatever else and get items and whatever you need to do to progress but when you fight what happens is it it switches to this mode where the enemies are on one side of the screen and your characters your team are on the left 
and essentially uh, you take turns hitting each other back and forth. Like, say, the enemy, one of them steps forward and shoots a burst of machine gun bullets or whatever, and it hits your guys, it knocks off some life, and then they go back, and then it's your turn, and you, your character steps up, you choose an attack or a magic spell or whatever you're doing. It does it, it either hits or misses, depending on however they set the algorithms to do that. And then you keep going back and forth like that. And for me, that is not nearly as exciting as it sounds, because, oh, but I know it sounds exciting. <laughs> um, but no, um, <laughs> I'm making it sound probably far more boring than it is. <laughs> but it's like, I like to see the fruits of my labor right away, which is why I always play games like you know, Zelda and Mario and Sonic and other fighting games because it's, you are 100% in control of what happens. I mean, you could, you could go through a fight and never get hit once if you're good enough. So, I mean, to me, that's way, I, I like that better than yeah, I'm with someone's going to, you can't not get hit. You know, you're taking turns, you're going to be hit. I don't, uh, I don't know. Right, right. But Final Fantasy I've always loved, like, the character designs, the artwork. I've always been into it in, in like, uh, a very aesthetic way. But as far as gameplay, I just, I can never get, I can never get into turn-based RPGs, really. When my, when Cindy got me a couple years ago, the uh, PlayStation, not PlayStation, sorry, Xbox 360, yeah. it could she could have got one of two packages. Like, she didn't just get that, she got the package, which had the headphones and all that in case I ever went online. She yeah. got me Splinter Cell, which I love. Love, 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 love. She said, well, the alternative was uh, Final Fantasy. And I'm like, yeah, you, you made the good call there. Give, right. give me that one person run around, shoot, and fight, as opposed to, like you said, it is pretty, but I don't know how much of it I would be like, ooh, we can't wait to play it. Uh, and again, uh, from what I understand, just from keeping up with, with news and talking to other friends about it, um, it, it seems like they've moved into this area where it's still moderately turn-based, but you have the freedom to like run around the screen and, and, and actually attack, but it, it's a sort of different fight system, and I don't know if, it's, if they're all that way, but... Um, I remember playing, um, it might be 13 or whatever they're at now, uh, at GameStop. It was like they had the demo set up or just had the game playing or whatever. Sure. Uh, and, uh, and it seemed interesting, but again, like those games are so, so massive. I could see myself getting far too lost in, in that kind of stuff. Uh, but it was still, again, like a, a battle system I wasn't completely sold on so yeah and um i do want to say i i do think that um our friend uh chris might have meant to say seven because i just did a google search for six and it seems like the graphics are still um super nintendo ish graphics which again i like those sort sure. of uh, those graphics, so it's not bad. But uh, the way he described it made it made it seem like um, seven. But I mean, he, he can feel free to, to correct us if he listens to this. Uh, oh, he uh, will. 
<laughs> you better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Um, some of some of my favorite um, RPGs though are on the uh, the Super Nintendo. Um, and they they look. I mean, they're they're made by they were made by SquareSoft, um, which is who produced the Final Fantasies as well. But it was a little bit different. Um, there are two that come to mind that I've played and uh, I'll still play every once in a while um, the first one being Secret of Mana I don't know if you've ever heard of that or uh, if our listeners have ever heard of it but it's essentially like Final Fantasy except when you fight you um it's, it's like real time fighting except you have uh, if you hit an enemy character they lose some hit points or whatever, and your attack has to, like, recharge. You can keep swinging away, but it won't do as much damage. But if you have a full bar of attack, it'll do the most damage. So you have to learn how to pace your attacks in the right way. But you still have freedom to move. You, If you decide you don't want to keep fighting an enemy, just run away or whatever and keep exploring, and uh, the characters were cool, and the story was cool, the music was awesome, um, and then this, the other one was called The Illusion of Gaia, um, which was, again, very similar to um, Secret of Mana in, in the way that you fought and uh, and attacked and all that kind of stuff, and I like both of those. Yeah. So, um, yeah, those are, those are like the... the the most RPG I will go, I think. Despite the fact that I'm a sucker for medieval fantasy type stuff. <laughs> um, what was I gonna tell you? Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny too because I remember when they they came out with that whole, oh, you know, you're going in as a team and then you could switch the magic guy or the the axe wielding you know troll is gonna fight. Yeah. Eh. I mean, it, it was interesting because I never saw anything like it, but I'm with you. I never thought it was, woohoo, you know. No, but I mean, there's there are, there's a place for everything, like yeah. you say. Like, it's, uh, Love the variety, at least. Yeah, there, and there should be. There should be that. It just, it doesn't, the, the gameplay doesn't appeal to me. I'm more like, I, I would play Streets of Rage. I want to just run around and beat people up and, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm with Not you. Always. I want that instant gratification. Not always, but when I was a child, yeah, definitely. It's like, let's take the turtles and beat up the Foot Clan and try to defeat Shredder. You know, it was like, that's. It was just those were the games that appealed to me. Um, let me see. Michael from uh, Google Plus uh, chimed in. He said, first, his first video game was Pong on Odyssey. Okay. Uh, early favorite, Tunnels of Doom on the old TI-99 4A home computer. I'm sure I'm not saying that correctly, but yeah. And uh, his current favorite is Star Wars The Old Republic. I hear good things. Mm -hmm. I hear Again, I just monetarily can't afford a whole lot of games that I want to play. Like, I want to play Assassin's Creed 3 very badly. Um because those games are, I think they're very well done, and I like history, and I like uh, I like the creative um, direction they went with it and stuff like that. 
it's funny. I, I didn't even it didn't even occur to me to think about computer stuff. Um, hmm. But there, when I was very small, my parents had a computer, and it was essentially just that. And I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. It was the computer screen. It was just black with green text. Dipper. Stuff up. You could print. Um, and if you wanted to play games, you had to like put in the floppy disk. <laughs> yep. And type in the command prompts to get it to start and stuff like that. And they were really, really slow. But again, it was like, you know, this is magic and stuff. So yep. I had, um, I had a Chippendales Rescue Ranger game for the computer, which I spent hours and hours playing and was not very good at. Um, and there's also this game, um, and I can't for the life of me figure out what it was called. Um, I'm sure it's in my storage room somewhere, but I, I haven't been able to find it. But it was like, I want to say it was like called Mystery Island or something. And all you did you played the same level over and over again. But what you had to do was scale this mountain, essentially just like platforming, you know, going over things and whatever to get to the top. And then there was a, some sort of like mad scientist in a room. And if you answered a question right, you got an artifact. Um, and then you got the artifact, but then he like, dumped you through a hole in the floor and you ended up back at the bottom and you had a huge collection of all these artifacts and it saved them and whatever but you just kept doing that same thing over and over again and i must have played it about a billion times but uh for anybody who listens if you can shed some light on what this was called the main the character that you played as was a character in like a blue jacket with a backpack and a red hat on that you couldn't see his face. I think you could just see his nose. It was like a, a, a red baseball cap. And then the, the villain was uh, a, like a mad scientist with brown hair and a big brown mustache with crazy eyes and stuff like that. Um, it really, really sticks out at me. Huh. Uh, like, I just, I can't for the life of me remember the name of it. And I've, I've tried Googling it. I've tried like typing in those like those descriptions and nothing comes up and it's like uh it's, it's that <laughs> yeah the, uh, the my last experience with a computer game that you had to you know put in yourself was uh csi i got a couple csi games and i love them except it's gonna freeze up your computer right but uh, yeah, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't brain surgery. Basically, with, with the game, Grissom says, hey, welcome aboard. You're now part of our team, or at least you will be if you, you know, prove yourself out in the field. And all right, well, I'm going to set you up with Catherine. And then throughout the game, you're, you're teamed up with various members of CSI. And basically, OK, so here's the scene. What do you see? OK, well, there's a hammer. I mean, that's That has some blood on it. Let's take it to evidence. So basically, it just had you going through the motions. There was no real thought. It was the process of elimination. Because if you clicked wrong, it's not like you want, want, want. It wasn't like that. It was, no, we already checked that one. There's nothing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. But, and that's fine, because I enjoyed the whole, wow, look, I'm part of CSI. And I still have the games. But once you put them in, 
it's a son of a bee to get the memory back because it, it locks up something in your computer and eats up a whole lot of the memory. So I just, you know, I'm like, okay, I won't do that again. And, and since I guess it's come out for PlayStation 2 or something, and I just thought, well, it's the same game I've already played. I don't need to rebuy it, you know. Yeah. Like I said, it's not the most intriguing. It was just kind of cool. But ever since then, I've, I've not anything that I have to download on my computer. I'm real skeptical. Yeah. You know, uh, I remember when we got like our first family computer um, and was really, really excited because we get like the package from Gateway uh, and it's like, who's going to be using this? And, you know, the family, two kids, whatever. And they, they give you all sorts of programs to go along with it. And um, we got uh, Dilbert's Desktop Games, which I was always a big fan of Dil Dilbert, even like as a small child, when I shouldn't have even known what the jokes were about. I just liked the character and uh, I, thought, I thought it was funny. Um, and then there were all these games that you could play and they were really, really fun. So I had a lot of fun with that. And then um, I think there was like some airplane game where you could fly different planes and stuff like that and it was like quote unquote like the, the most realistic flying simulator or whatever and i used to just fly the planes and then crash them because they if you crashed them into like the water or whatever they exploded and like all fell apart and stuff like that which sounds horrible but i mean i know the difference between video games in real life and that would be a horrifying experience in real life but you know it's a video <laughs> most people would go as they're going to, towards the water. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not unless I was on some sort of drugs, maybe. Yeah. And then there was like a monster truck game they gave us. That was kind of fun. But it was like the issue with all those games is if you don't, or if you didn't have or buy a computer that was uh, specifically meant to run games, like with the fastest processor and the best like graphics engine and stuff like that, they were slow. They were sluggish. Yeah. Um, you know, they compare to console games in the in the fluidity department. Um, so it was whatever, you know, okay. It was just okay. Yeah. Um, but then there was also uh, The Neverhood, which I don't know if you've ever heard of that game, but um, it's like a critically lauded game, essentially. Uh, it's like a claymation-type puzzle solver game. You have to solve the, the puzzle in each screen to keep progressing okay. uh, and as a child I was just like this is kind of weird but um, I played it a, a few years ago as an adult and it was it was good because it, was, it is challenging to figure out those sort of uh, you know puzzles because they, they don't offer any sort of hint as to what you're supposed to do you just kind of have to figure it out as you go along um, and the, the humor was, was funny, and uh, it was just a really good game. Um, but yeah, that was like the, the first stuff we had. But unlike you, like I don't, uh, I typically don't play games on the computer because um, I can't use the keyboard for it. It feels like backwards to me. I agree. Because I'm so used to a, a physical controller. Yep. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, hey, you had questions last week that you didn't get to ask, or uh, do you remember what they were? 
Or at least top. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I listened to half of our podcast from last week, and I, I, I guess if I got through the second half of it, um, I, I probably probably would have sprung to mind. Um, I do have to say though, uh, if you when you guys listen to this on YouTube, it happens to me. I don't know if it happens to everyone, but if I, I get about halfway through our podcast and it'll shut off, it shuts completely off. It like it, it says that it finished. If you know what I'm saying, like it, it um, it'll just like pause, and uh, you know it has to catch up. I think that's what it is. It doesn't no, like download. It just really says that it's finished. It brings up like the links to other stuff, and you know what I'm saying. Like doesn't it's not just stopped because it didn't buffer all the way or anything like that. Um, so I usually have to like replay the video and then start it halfway, like wherever I ended and then it'll go through the rest of it. But if that happens to anybody, just, you know, do what I do. (laughs) Just restart, figure out where you were. And and, uh, let us know too, because I I heard of that happening once before. Yeah. I, I thought it was just a fluke. But, I mean, you could always send, you know, I'll send YouTube a, a hey email just to let them know. Your, your service is cutting us off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that was That's what happened. It, it paused, like, halfway through, and I, I had to leave. Or I was doing something, so I was like, you know what? I'll just catch it the rest later, and then I never got back around to doing it, so. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um... I'm trying to think of what what I wanted to talk about. Um, While you do that, let me tell you about uh, there's yeah. there's a new show called The Following with Kevin Bacon. Okay. Uh, first episode was on Monday. You can catch it on demand if you have that service. Uh, good show. It's funny too because <laughs> it makes sense now that I I, I know who's behind it. It. it the the what rhythm of it the practical uh i don't know the writing sensibility it reminds me of scream yeah because all right you're gonna get invested in some characters you don't truly know everybody and the things that you thought you knew dun, 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 you know surprise they actually had an ulterior motive blah, 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 blah. just like scream because remember scream the basic premise is don't trust anybody Right. You know, the person who you saw through most of this movie turns out to be the killer or at least the sidekick to the killer. Right. Well, the following, at least from the first episode, feels that way. And the reason is it's Kevin Williamson, who's the writer of Scream. Okay. I'm like, oh, Scream? Cool. I'll have to check this out because I love Scream. Me too. Uh, it's, a, it's a brilliant, brilliant... Uh, um franchise piece of no not not franchise the first one is is the best because essentially what it does is it's a a horror slasher movie deconstructing horror slasher movies Mm -hmm. um it's like if it wasn't so legitimately frightening and um you know uh edgy and uh and just yeah generally like terrifying keeping you on the edge of your seat it would be a parody 
because that's what it is. Like they deconstruct the the tropes of uh, of horror movies. They say it literally with the, the Jamie Kennedy character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's like, this is what's supposed to be happening in, in horror movies, and this is why, and this is how it goes, and stuff like that. And then they break all those down and then adhere to some maybe that of being like well this was all different but boom here you go this is the same so that surprises you because you're expecting like or you don't know what to expect but maybe it'll be different and then it's the same and it, it's just a it was really uh brilliantly written and um and the great twist at the end that you, everybody's trying to figure out who it could be and it turns out to be two people i don't yeah. think it's ever been done before no because why not Right. I mean, you, they never do do that. They just always, it's always just one person did all these things. But no, you know, you have to cover for, for for yourself. And if you have a partner, it's like, well, you think it's me, but I couldn't have possibly done it. And then blah, blah, blah. And then like, oh, well, boy, if it's him, no, no, because he was here. You know, like it's 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 a brilliant little film that I, I respect a lot, even though I'm not into like the horror thing that much. But yeah. Yeah. So if he's writing this show, I'll check it out. And I've heard good things. Yeah, and I'm happy to see uh, Kevin Bacon, uh, you know, because he comes and goes. He'll do a couple movies and then go. And I guess he he says he and his wife switch. Kara Sedgwick. You know, she'll do something, then he'll do something, which is wonderful. And I like him because he seems like a good guy. So. Yeah, yeah. um, And that's cool. I mean, that's a really cool way to handle, like, um, you know, a double working uh marriage i suppose yeah uh yeah you ever hear his music with his brother the kevin or the kevin yeah the bacon brothers i haven't no it's good stuff i like it yeah anytime i hear it i'm like oh okay he's not just doing this you know in a haphazard kind of way you can tell they actually put some thought and skill into it yeah um it's funny too because the scream movies i'm thrilled whenever they do a new one and at this point, it's become a um, its own little niche. Yeah. Because it's not just a horror movie. No, it's the Scream formula, which I guess that formula is don't trust anybody and expect the unexpected. You know, and th- yet they, they – I guess it's because he's always the writer. Um, they all interconnect. They all, you know, work off each other. It doesn't feel like they just doing one for the sake of doing one. Right. Um, apparently, the the last one was the fourth movie, and he actually has the the next two done, like in his head. Okay. When he decided to do the original trilogy, it was already thought out, and now he's doing it again, which I think is really cool. Right. You know, I'm um, I'm thrilled for it. I never saw four, but again, I I heard good things about it. Um. And it's cool to me that it's like a franchise that exists but doesn't need to be in your face every year or even every other year. They take their time with it. They let the characters kind of grow and and move. And, and, you know, it's not just like we have to make as much money off this as possible because you don't have to do that. You know, if you can take the time to make it good and worth having instead of just cashing in on it, then by all means do that. Um, and the three that I saw, which, you know, the first three, I thought were good. You know, they weren't horrendous or anything like that. They were just... Well, the first one I thought was great. Right. But the second two were, were okay, you know. 
it was they were it was interesting like direction for the characters to take and uh, they all had you know development and that was that was something I don't think is typical in uh, in horror or slasher movies because typically everyone's dead at the end of them um, so there's that but uh, it was cool it was a way for them to go about it let me know when you see the fourth one Okay. Because it, it, they, they're smart. They don't try to necessarily go, well, no time has passed. You know, they've actually let the characters develop and, you know, it's years later and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, even uh, from, from Scream 1 to Scream 2, they had whatever Nev Campbell's character's name was. What was it? Cindy? Or uh, Sydney? Sydney. Yeah. I mean, they all went to college. Mm-hmm. From the high school to college, and then I'm pretty sure in the third one, she was she had a job, right? She was some sort yeah. Of... She ended up doing the the phone calls from home because she was so paranoid of didn't want to leave the house. She found a secluded place. Did I guess she worked on at a helpline is what it was. And you know what? That's I like that choice as well because she they could have just been like no she's just okay she's over the whole thing like no the normal person who's you know had people try to murder her with a knife a couple times in her life <laughs> and murdered a bunch of people that she knew and was close with yeah they'd probably mess you up too bad a little bit you know like uh, that's that was the actually like the right choice for that character yep <laughs> in my opinion anyway I saw um, the descent to speaking of that uh, you ever see the first one, The Descent? No. You ha- oh man, see it. See the I'm, first one. It I'm is... like claustrophobic. Sorry? I'm claustrophobic. Yep, that'll do it. That alone. This movie is so good, so terrifying. Uh, for that reason alone, besides the actual monsters. Yeah. Cindy and I rented the, the sequel. Um... You could tell where they did a misstep. The premise is cool. The whole idea of the the sur- you know any the survivor goes back into for whatever reason to help rescue blah 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 blah. But she's messed up. Like she's mentally you know catatonic. Yeah. Um, and just the way it ended, you're like, really? That that was unnecessary. Like, just gore for the sake of gore, and it didn't. Like I said, the quality wasn't there like it was in the first one. You know, you could tell whoever was doing the second one, wait, 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 we have to ratchet it up a bit. You know, there was so much going on in the first one. Well, then at the end, we need to do this twist. Well, the twist doesn't doesn't pay off. It's not a... It didn't help it at all. It just kind of went, oh, all right, so that's... You went a cliche route. Okay, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. I think that's, uh, you know, that's the stigma with like horror movie uh sequels i've I've very rarely ever seen a horror movie or even heard of horror movie sequels that really do justice or keep it going in a good way i think the scream franchise has managed to do that for the most part um saw was good too up until at least the third one i didn't see anything after that saw uh uh i think the first movie uh, and the idea of it was brilliant. Uh, Highlight zone, yeah. It was very, it was a new thing. Like, 
people don't appreciate life, so I'm going to make them appreciate it or they're going to die. You know what I mean? Like, that's that was the basis, and I thought that was a really cool premise. And then, so, but the first one, which had, you know, Carrie Elways, which I thought he's, like, awesome. Yep. It was ridiculous in the movie. It was horrible in that movie. Like, the acting in it was, was awful. God awful. You thought? I think so, yeah. It was, I it was um, the second movie I thought was ridiculous, um, but the acting was far and away better in the second movie. And then it just, like, at the, at the end of the second movie, the, you know, Jigsaw is dead, I'm pretty sure, right? He's, uh, that's I, I thought it was the third. Um, because I think in the th- like I said, I saw maybe four of them, and I think the first three held together, and then the fourth one that you're like, oh, you're kind of stretching it now, and you could feel where the at least for me where the quality started started to diminish because they were going, wait, no, 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 we found a loophole to make another freaking sequel, and then yeah. it just becomes all about the gore as opposed to the psychological side of it. Exactly, and um, well, I think. At the end of the second one, you know he's going to die, is what it is. Yes, yes, yes. I think you're right. He dies in the third one, but you're you know he's he's gonna die. Yeah, he's got cancer. Oh, cool. He's a protege. I was like, it'll just be a trilogy. You'll explain it. I probably won't watch the third one because I don't really care enough. The, the gore thing really freaks me out. Like I'm not a huge fan of uh, gore. I accept it in places where it it it's realistic. Mm-hmm. Saving Private Ryan is like one of the goriest yeah. of all time, but it should be because that's exactly how it was. Yeah. Uh, the gore for the sake of gore doesn't really do anything for me. I, I was more intrigued by the, um, the the premise of Saw than anything. Um, and plus, you know, like when you have... I, I was in high school when it came out, so if we were going to movies with like friends and girls and stuff, like that's what they want to see. They don't want to go... They don't want to go watch Goodwill Hunting with me. You know, or something like they want to like let's get scared and then you know yeah whatever it's like uh, okay um, <laughs> um so i ended up seeing like a lot of that stuff for for those reasons uh but like i said like that was that was okay um and uh but uh yeah so as they kept going on and i kept just you know reading what the plot lines were for them and what was going on and it's like oh but he still has all of these things going on and it's like uh, yeah, yeah yeah you can just tell where they they, they go like, no we can just keep it going yeah i mean maybe if i had watched them and i had like no i tried to divorce like logic from my brain they, they might be okay and and uh, maybe they did a good job tying it all together and saying like yo this is how and whatever and it was clever but i'm not again this is another situation of me judging a book by its cover and uh just not getting into that whole thing but um maybe maybe that's what i'll make my question because i don't remember what the other ones were and i'll i'll try to i'll try to think of it for next time but what about worthwhile horror movies what what do people think are worthwhile horror movies or, or thrillers like in that sort of you know, genre. Yeah. Whether it's Saw or Scream or Friday the 13th or any of those, you know, um, and I'll tell you a couple that I did enjoy 
All right. Well, first, the ones that I enjoy. Um, well, first and foremost, it's probably not going to come as a shock to anybody, but um, what lies beneath is, is, a, is a, an amazingly done uh, thriller slash ghost story horror movie. Um, and I mean, obviously Harrison Ford is in it and whatever, but I still think, uh, you know, even if he hadn't been the guy, it still would have been a good movie. It wouldn't have held the weight that it did as a result of the ending. And I'm, I'm assuming you've seen it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hopefully most of our audience has seen it, but if not, cover your ears for about a minute and a half or whatever. Um, basically what happens is, uh, Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer are married couple or whatever, um... And he is, what, like a, a, a scientist or a professor of some kind? At, uh, it's been a while, but yeah. Some, he, was, he was a man of intelligence, is what it was. He, he was a higher up uh, in, in some sort of like medical or science scientific field. Um, I want to say he was a professor at a college because uh, he ends up having gotten into a... Uh, an affair a student i believe um and this student goes missing and uh, all the while this is going on he's trying to you know prove his innocence to michelle pfeiffer and his wife and and, and atone for the, the misstep um but she's being haunted by this girl um in their house and she can't figure out why, and there's a whole bunch of, you know, stuff that happens, and it's, it's scary, it's frightening, it's in, intriguing. Um, and then, at the end of the movie, she figures out that he was the one who killed her, and boom, all of a sudden, Harrison Ford is a bad guy. <laughs> like, you think, you spend, like, a lot of the movie, you know, like, oh, okay, what he did was wrong, but you sympathize with him, you know, he's a very, Harrison Ford can be a very sympathetic you know, person, um, and then, boom, he, you know, knocks out Michelle Pfeiffer and tries to drown her in a bathtub, and you're just like, whoa, I didn't see that coming at all. Yeah. Uh, and it's good, and then the, the ending is, you know, poetic justice and whatever, but, uh, if you haven't seen it, check, uh, check it out, because that synopsis doesn't really do it all the justice it deserves. It's a very good movie. You know, uh, a trend I can't stand, and it, I think we might have touched on this before, the fact, and I'm, I'm hoping they're starting to turn the corner away from it, but it seems like all of a sudden the cool or the hip thing to do is give you a horror story, but in the end nobody survives. You're just basically watching a slaughter. You know what I mean? Every character in the movie is going to die. There is no happy ending. I hate that. I mean, besides the obvious, you want to see people survive. I don't find it suspenseful or there's no payoff. And I, and I guess what the ultimate goal is, is to scare you. That doesn't scare me. What scares me is the fact that somebody got away and has to keep looking over their shoulder maybe for the rest of their life. You know what I mean? Like they, I just, I get so fed up when I'm, I'm watching a good movie and that's how they do it. Or in the end, you know, the, the lead dies but he you know he might have solved the mystery or whatever but in the end he's gonna bleed out or he gets shot in the head or whatever yeah it's like gratuitous unnecessary i hate it i can't think of one example off the top of my head where i thought okay in a horror movie that was okay that everybody died 
Um, I uh, I don't know. I mean, I know that happens in like what the the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies and stuff like that. Like everybody pretty much dies. Um, and that's a, I mean, yeah, that's another thing about horror movies that that I don't like. That's it's exactly what you just said. Like all the characters, you like are gonna die. Um, and you know it, or you hope you're like you're sitting there hoping like, oh, maybe this dude I can identify with will will survive, and then nope, no, nah, just doesn't. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I mean, like horror movies don't generally do anything for me because I I like I like character development. You know, I like growth. I like learning. Um, I like the idea that uh, even if people don't generally change there are things that can happen in your life to you where might alter your perspective and you might do things a little bit differently i mean that i think is a isn't very natural thing and it's just i mean it's just a matter of growing up and and uh, maturing but yeah in in horror movies it's just that just doesn't happen it's just they are they must they're just made for you know teenagers um to be like yeah that's why the ones that are good, actually, you know, we're going through our list now of what we love. But yeah. The ones that I love are because there's more to it than, like you said, the just the let's have blood and gore and everybody dies. Like, yeah, you know, I never liked the Friday the 13th or the Friday no. movies or any because that, you know, I think they're funny, if anything. Yeah. Um, well, they scared me a lot when I was small, when I was very small. And I, I just wasn't happy about that. I didn't enjoy having nightmares. Um, no. No, no, it wasn't fun. Uh, but uh, I mean, with what lies beneath, it's it's a very good mystery, you know. Um, when I was younger and saw it for the first time, I was just like, you know, that was it was a good twist. It was it was a well written piece of cinema. Um, some of the other horror movies I like um I really liked uh I mean aside from like the zombie stuff it's pretty good um like Walking Dead or whatever but uh the um Cabin Fever you ever seen Cabin Fever that's a great one love that one so I thought that was was really good and again that was another movie that kind of like didn't take itself too seriously um, and I think that's what I really liked about it. Like, it, it had comedy in it. Um, it knew that its premise was kind of ridiculous. And uh, and the characters were relatable. And either you hated them or liked them, depending on what you were supposed to do. And, and there were just some, like, ridiculous sequences that just made you laugh and go like what the heck and, and it, i thought it was like a really brave thing to do in this in a horror movie uh, at the same time that complete feeling of oh man you guys are just packing in no matter what you do you're done your skin is yeah. peeling off your you know your body that's that's not good and actually that that is uh what you just said like you it was like an airborne disease or something like that or whatever some sort of disease that you could yeah okay in the water can't really avoid that um you know if you are uneducated about it like they didn't know that's what it was so they had no clue um yeah i, I was uh i mean i was saying 
know, I, I wish they didn't die, but I understood that that's what was going to happen, you know? Yeah, it's the bash one girl's head in at one yeah. point. Like, <laughs> the dog is chewing on her and she's still yeah, alive. Like, oh my god. Yeah, it was weird. It was it was a weird movie. I just remember the, the one sequence that stands out to me um, where the, the kind of like dopey friend with the, the baseball cap like drives into town to ask for people for help and uh, they're, they're at the general store and it's like the old man and the little boy or girl I think it's I think it's it was a, a boy it was a boy yeah you guys have to help us you have to help us and then all of a sudden like the little boy stands up and starts like screaming some ridiculous words and, and doing like spin kicks in slow motion and then he just bites the guy on the arm like it's the most ridiculous sequence I've ever seen in my life. It's just a, a complete non sequitur, and it's like, what? What just happened? But why? also scary too, because you don't know why it happened. You don't know, you know, the fact that you don't know what's going to happen next. You know, and this little wacko just bit me. Like, what kind of disease is he carrying? <laughs> it's not even a matter of the biting. It's a matter of like the slow motion karate while he's like screaming. I think he's like screaming. Oh, what is it? Like it's, I think he just says like ice cream or something like that. It's something really stupid. And uh, but it was just really, really funny. And I mean, again, this was at a time before I ever drank that I saw it. I think I was like 17 in high school when it came out. But yeah, that movie was great. Um, and I keep hearing really good things about Cabin in the Woods. Oh, I know that's on my list. Oh, I gotta, I gotta rent that soon. One, if it comes on Netflix pretty soon, I will. I'll sit and watch it because um, it's Joss Whedon, right? So, and a, a couple of, and I mean, uh, Chris Hemsworth is in it, who plays Thor, uh, and I like him. I think he's actually a very good actor. Mm-hmm. So, I'll check it out. But I, yeah, from people whose um, opinions I, I respect, I hear I hear very good things about it. So, I'll, I'll check it out. Um, as far as other ones, uh, I really liked 30 Days of Night. Okay. Um, with, uh, Josh, uh, Hartnett, I thought was, was pretty good. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, horror movies I have in my collection, because there's not many. Um, I think I, I have the Ambiville Horror with, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Which I thought was pretty good. Oh, um... The Woman in Black with Daniel Radcliffe just came out last year. Came out a, a year ago. Oh, is it good? I want to see that. It was frightening. It actually did frighten me. And, and again, it was one of those like mystery type uh, um, horror movies where it was kind of like sort of like What Lies Beneath, but not exactly. But Daniel Radcliffe is very good in it. You know, he's not Harry Potter. He he can he shows that he can actually do something that's not Harry Potter, um, which I already knew because I'd seen him in a couple other things even before Harry Potter ended, and he was very good. Um, but yeah, I was like, because I I like him as an actor, and I think he's just a generally cool dude. I wanted to support him. Like normally, I would not see a horror movie in theaters at all for any reason. Unless it was to see the star in it. That's it. That's the only reason I'll go. 
So I convinced uh, my girlfriend at the time and uh, her sister and her sister's fiance to go see this movie. And we left and they're like, we hate you. We're going to be having nightmares <laughs> because of that movie. And I was like, I'm in the same boat. I just wanted to see Harry Potter, you know, in something that wasn't Harry Potter. So I'm sorry. But yeah, it was really frightening. It was good. So I don't own it yet, but I should. I should get around to buying it one of these days. I'll definitely see it then. Yeah. So what about you? I just... Well, I mean, I mean, you know, again, this is something that we're, I know we'll both come back to whenever we think of a de- decent movie. Because um, there's so many. There's yeah. so many that are just so good. Uh, Cabin in the Woods uh, was going to be one of mine. The Descent we already mentioned. Just uh, off the top of my head. Um, and there's classics, too, that still get me. What, but uh, you, like you said, zombie oh, movies. Shining. The Shining. Well, I was going to say, for me, the, the Shining, the TV version with Steven Weber. Yes. That's a much better version. It's more accurate to the book. It, you care more about the characters, you know. Uh, love, I, I, I want that on DVD. That's When I tried to get that, you couldn't get it because there was some type of dispute over the audio, as I recall. Yeah. Um, but that, I, I gotta own that one. Um, yeah. Let me see. I remember seeing that when it was up, when they were airing it on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the what, what was his name? He just said Stephen Weber. Mm-hmm. He was uh, one of the stars of the show Wings. Wings. Great show. Uh, with Thomas Hayden Church. Yep. Back in back in those days, wow, that's a, like I say that to people. Tim Daly. About that version of The Shining, I'm like, it stars the dude from Wings, and people are like, Wings, what are you? T-? I'm like, uh, <sighs> hey, you know what? You ever a Family Guy? They actually do a skit about that. The guys are sitting around and mention Wings, and the other guys say to, to Quagmire, Wings, what's Wings? So, How do you not know what Wings is? Wing, it, wings, it's it 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 started Tony Shalhoub's career. Come on. Yeah, and he he gets ticked off and leaves. And as he's walking away, he's like, Wings, don't know what Wings is. How do you not know what Wings is? And and Cindy and I (laughs) laugh every single time because we, like you said, we have those conversations with people where how do you not know certain things in your life? We went to Best Friends Cafe every Sunday like we do. And Donna, who works there, said, I don't don't know who uh, John Cusack is. I'm like, get out of my face. You, you, if you do not know who John Cusack is, you need to crawl out of your cave. I said, do you have an iPhone? She says, yes. I said, give it to me. I found a picture and I showed her. She goes, oh, okay, I know who he is. I'm like, you need to start watching movies. Right? I mean, because there are certain things in this world you should know about. I mean, if anything, if anything, you should know Everybody in the world should know who, or at least America, should know who John Cusack is because of high fidelity. If you didn't already know him from Say Anything or Better Off Dead or any of the other number of, like, teenager movies he did that were really, really awesome. That are played all the time. Yeah. Or, like, what is he in? Um, Not Lord of War. uh, War Inc. Uh, which was very good. Uh, he's done a bunch of other crappy movies like Room 1309 or whatever that. Oh, I like that one. Um, Hot Tub Time Machine. Time Machine. <laughs> They're making a sequel too. I know. He may not be in it. Uh, um, he, I, I follow him on Twitter and he was. Um, me too. 
someone was asking him about it and he said if they ask me to be in it i'll i'll be in it but he's like i think he said that they haven't asked him yet hmm. so maybe that just means they haven't finished the script yet probably because they have everybody else in it yeah why wouldn't you have john cusack um right. but uh but yeah so so that, that was my point. Play our generations uh back to the future uh but with press we and, and with wings, like like how I, I it's that anger that I feel like you have to know the fact if you don't know that you should be ashamed and rush out and, and learn as fast as possible. Yeah, I mean not to say it was like the best show ever, but it was a pretty prominent. It was a great show. It's one that yeah, it it was clever and unique and and quick. You know, you had Stephen Weber who was the uh, the zany brother and had the quick you know. Uh, 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 compared to Tim Daly's straight-laced character. So that dynamic alone, besides all the other people in it. Right. I can watch that today and still laugh. Um, I, I give I give uh, people my age um, a pass for not knowing it because I was very young uh, when it was out. Like, I got definitely younger than 10. Um, but my parents watched it, and and for me, you know, film and TV and stuff like that had a huge impact on my life um, as far as wanting to be an actor. So like I was like always a sponge for for remembering um, shows and actors and stuff like that. Uh, but not everybody was, you know, especially at those times. Yeah. So I give them a pass, and definitely people younger than me, I wouldn't even expect them to think to know it, but uh, I'm happy that you do. Oh, absolutely. Um, God. And anybody that should definitely know what it is, but... And, and check out USA. USA used to show Wings repeats all the time. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. It, it was um, it was from the same creators of Cheers, so there was a couple episodes where they, had, they appeared on each other's show. You know, but like uh, Cliff and Norm come in and sit at the bar in the airport. Yeah. And they're like, your plane's here. And they're like, no, nah, we're good sitting here for a while. <laughs> and I'll drink their beer. Um, what else? Okay, so let me quickly run down the list. Um, I have a dinner I'm going to have to go to. I have to meet them at four. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I'll start my list now. And I'm sure next week I'll pick right back up because I'll be like, oh, I should have mentioned that one. Yeah. So the zombie ones, obviously, Dawn of the Dead, Shaun of the Dead, um, Quarantine, uh, uh, Zombie Diaries, which was like an independent movie, which fantastic. Um, 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 okay, so get away from the zombie stuff because that's too easy. Um, oh, Carrie. To this okay. day, Carrie still freaks me out because it has everything going for it. Besides the writing, besides the creepiness, uh, uh, the acting... Um, it has William Catner, who I love from Greatest American Hero. That was one of my favorite shows ever. Uh, just the music, the the way the camera angles were. It has everything going for it. And even at the very last, when the hand reaches up and grabs her arm from the ground, that still gets me. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. So I mean, there's a lot of those. Oh, we already mentioned The Shining. Um, boy. I know there's a lot of Stephen King ones that you wouldn't even... I remember Thinner. I remember when I first saw Thinner in the theater, that kind of creeped me out in the end. I don't know if it's my top one, but it's one that I thought, ooh, okay, so that's bad and it's only getting worse type of thing. 
Um. Oh God. Oh oh, I have one. Go ahead. Probably have seen. Uh, the Frighteners. <gasps> yes. Maybe it's yes! the Fox, and it's uh, it's Peter Jackson. Because it's marked as a comedy originally. Yeah, but it's got some really Ooh, kind yeah. of parts in it. It's it's a good movie. It's just a really well done movie. I want to own that one. When she turns and she goes nuts and it's the two of them hunting them down, that's when it gets drop dead serious and holy crap. Like she plays a great psycho. Yeah. You know? Oh, man. Right? Somebody swiped that off me. I had it. I had that movie and I'm going to have to probably go on Amazon to get it. But um, somebody took it. Or I let them borrow it and didn't remember or what, but I, I don't own it anymore and I'm really upset. Real quick, um, I don't know if you ever watch movies on demand, but there was a time that I was looking to watch that movie and it must have been like Halloween and I was watching it with a, a girl I was dating and uh, put it on and I'm freaking out because it was like an extended director's cut version of the movie, which I had never seen before. Like it had all this stuff in it. Didn't, I didn't even know it existed. And I'm like, so into it. Cause I'm like, this is awesome. And it showed like a whole bunch more of like Michael J. Fox's characters, like background and all this other stuff that was like really added to it. And it was cool. And, um, and I was just like, this is so awesome. This is so awesome. I'm freaking out. And she's like, what? Why? Shut up. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I grew up with this movie and now it's like, I, this is more to it. I didn't know. Um, so yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to own both versions of Me it. Me too. Now, now I'm going to have to look for it because I want the, the extended version. Yeah, um, it's good. Let me think. 28 days and 28 weeks later. I love those. There was a Yeah, yeah. Right? Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're great. There was a great uh, uh, comic book series, too, that lasted a whole bunch of issues, uh, at least 12 or 13 issues, where it explains, it, it bridges the gap between the second and third, or first and second movie. That's cool. It's so cool because it's also completely unpredictable and was the best tone from the movies. I, I Anybody who can go out and get it, uh, check it out. Locally, obviously, go to Comics on the Green. <laughs> I like uh I like 28 Days Later because it gave us Cillian Murphy. They're, they're the ones in the book. Yeah. Or at, least, or at least the girl is. The guy isn't. The girl is. Right. But he's a fantastic actor. Um, fantastic actor. And, and that was the first thing I saw him in. And I'm pretty sure it was his first like big break That's, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. that was Those movies are very good and they didn't come to mind because, again... I would I would consider them zombie movies, but they are really well done horror flicks as well. And you know, we we were talking about movies that that they made too, one too many sequels. Yeah. Uh, two of them, the first two at least, I thought were great and, and worked together. Were uh, the Final Destination movies. Oh, final the first Final Destination. Right. Movie. Yeah. First and second, because the second I thought this could go wrong, but the way they tied it in with the first, I went, oh, love it, love it, love it. Yeah. I saw the third one and it was just gratuitous. Let's watch people get splattered for no reason. Didn't try and connect it to previous stuff. Yeah. It's terrible. But right. um and that's that's like I said, it seems to be the trend. Like it'll start out with this great premise with good characters you care about um and stuff like that and then eventually it's just whatever. It <laughs> doesn't matter. Just it's we're selling this movie on the name alone. Uh-huh. And 
very bastardized version of the premise, and that's it, you know. And it's like, eh. Well, and that's why you need someone like Kevin Williamson to to be the the main guy with like the Scream movies. They all connect. They all make sense. They all have the same quality, you know. So yeah, and that's the same thing with the show Lost, and any of those good sort of groundbreaking Walking Dead currently is that. Right. Uh, as long as they keep Kirkman around, you know, it's not going to go down a bad path because, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, darn it. I know there's other stuff that we want to talk about, but I guess we'll save it for next week. Okay. Um, the other – so if we if we want to throw this out to everybody, uh, based on two of the things we, we talked about uh, today, our first question – <laughs> which I guess we'll we'll, we'll t- uh, touch on next time at the beginning is uh, you know what are what are some worthwhile horror films? Mm-hmm. The second question I'd like to put out there, based on what we talked about as well, is uh, what are your favorite sitcoms? Oh man, that's a, that's an episode all by itself. I know, but we can spend all of next time talking about that. You just you and I, all all of the the good good sitcoms and why they're good and what they did for. You know, TV and comedy and stuff like that. I'd like to hear what some people, you know, found worthwhile in watching. Yeah. Uh, I have a feeling there'll be a lot of overlap. Um, yes. And please don't say Big Bang Theory, people. Uh, <laughs> He's not a fan of it. Folks, of hearing about that show. Uh, I don't hate the people on it, but I hate yep. what they're putting out there with it. It's Did you just, see the, the article I sent to you or posted on our on our page? Uh, about the Big Bang Theory? Yep. Somebody, I, I, somebody wrote an article saying, this is terrible for, it, it's so insulting to fans of sci-fi and comics and, you know, yeah. it, it gives you the, the insults one by one for one particular episode, too. And so I, I had to make sure you saw it. Yeah, I, I think I did. Um, I don't know if I read the whole thing, but I definitely saw it posted. And I know, like, from following people on Instagram and Twitter and all like the head honchos of nerddom that I that I do follow, like none of them are happy about that show because it is it's just kind of uh, I mean they it's like they they took the uh, the stereotypical nerds out of the 1980s movies and dropped them into uh, you know modern day life and it's so not like that. I mean I know there are people like that still. Um, but but to say like yep this is exactly how nerds are aren't they cool and like whatever like that's not that's not cool uh, they're just weirdos they're, not, they're just weirdos who happen to like nerd stuff like that's really what it is right um and okay yeah they're smart or whatever but uh yeah that show just really grinds my gears the wrong way and i know a bunch of people who uh who do like it my parents watch it and all this other stuff and they're like come watch it they're just like they like all the same stuff you like. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But I, there are people I know who like a lot of the same stuff I like, and I don't like them. <laughs> it doesn't matter if they, you can't just like, hey, we like comics. We're best friends. Like, nah, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> um, no, so. Yeah, so, you know, okay. So I, that, I, one, that one we're, we're hoping people won't jump on. Right. Uh, I mean, if, if you do enjoy it and whatever, um, you can give some, and give some legitimate reasons for why it's good. Uh yeah, you know, not just oh, it's funny, uh, right. by all means. But no, there are some 
there are some far better sitcoms out there. Um, yeah. So we'll, yeah, we'll ask what, what which ones do you think? And also, at all, anytime you guys do that, when you give us your your picks on stuff, tell us why. You, you know, don't be afraid to ramble. We'll yeah. g- we'll gladly read it and, and you know. It doesn't have to be succinct. Exactly. Um. Can, you know, travel. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but the, yeah, thanks to everybody who who sent in their comments for this week's episode. Yeah, uh, I I love it, and, and you know, I it, when I hear some picks, it makes me want to check out some of the some of the the mentions that you know certain movies or certain video games like this week. Yeah. Um, but let me see. For my song, it, it's my turn. But you know. I thought of you for. I had to pick a song, and I wanted to, to pick a, a John Denver song. Okay. John Denver, I was never into until he passed away, and they played um, uh, "Country Roads" in the background as they announced that he passed away, and something clicked with me that I thought, ooh, ooh, ooh! I love the song. I love the sincerity and the power in his voice. So, needless to say, I have all his stuff now. Yeah. Uh, so, in order to pick a song uh, from him, there's so many to choose from, and you know, no matter what I pick, I know I'm gonna go. Oh, I could have picked that one too. So what I did was I thought about you, and I thought, you know, there's certain people who can take somebody else's song and tweak it enough to where it's as good, if not better, than the original version. Right. Uh, Art Garfunkel can do that. John Denver can do that. Uh. David Gray, the little bit that he's done it, I've always loved his version of stuff better. So I thought, okay, let me do that. Because I want you to hear this version. Okay. This is what made made the choice. Um, Mother Nature's Son. Okay. It is different than the Beatles, and it has such power in his voice. And it's not, you know, he's not doing a poor man's Beatles. Okay. He, he, it, the, it, the rhythm is faster. It's, it's got that power behind it. So that's my choice as far as, you know, I can go on and on about John Denver, but uh, that, yeah, Mother Nature's Son by John Denver. I forgot to ask, how did you like uh, the police song that I picked? I like it. No, you're saying, I don't know if it's a if it's a rocker, you know, maybe for the police. That's a rocker. That's a good, you know, I, I do recognize it. Well, the, uh, the reason I say I don't know if it's a rocker is because... Uh, I didn't actually hear the police's version of the that of that song first. Oh, okay. When I worked at Hollister, they uh, they would get different CDs on what we called the jukebox, and customers could go in and you know pick songs off of this thing. It was like a bunch of albums of different styles of music or whatever, and there was always like punk rock stuff. Um, and what they came out with, and they they do this every you know few years or even every year maybe but they do a punk goes something album it's like all these like kind of modern punk bands that do covers of say the classics there's this album that's punk goes 80s there's an album that punk goes classic rock it's like all 70s songs or punk does pop or punk does rap or whatever like and it's cool it's cool to hear these different versions from bands you like and or you discover bands through the you know their cover songs um, and one is just a, a whole police album. Huh. It's it's uh, called Policia, a tribute to the police. And it's all these punk bands that I like doing covers, like Fall Out Boy does a cover of Roxanne, and uh, 
Motion City soundtrack does a cover of um, Truth It's Everybody and uh, then there's like Walking on the Moon and, and there's a cover of um, King of Pain and every little thing she does is magic and all this, like all their good songs and um, Next to You is on there and uh, this band called what the heck are they called uh, Big Big Collapse is the name of the band um, do a cover of Next to You and it rocks like it's really really heavy and rocks and it's awesome so that was my first experience, like, exposure to that song and then I was like well I do love the police um, so let me listen to a bunch more and then I fell in love with their version as well ah. uh, so yeah um, so it, I mean, in comparison to the cover version that I've heard it's not as rocking <laughs> not as big or epic but um but still a very well written and awesome and fun song so yeah yeah like, well let me know what you think of the uh the i absolutely will yeah <laughs> i for all i know it's on a, it's on a cd that i gave you yeah see there's it's weird because i just want to say this real quick before we wrap things up but i um for as much as i don't really care about cover bands like i don't mind hearing them when i'm out and whatever as long as they don't have to pay a cover to get in the door to pay a band to play songs that i hear on the radio all the time right um i really like when uh an established band with their own style you know their own library of works covers another well-known band and does the song justice I, in a different style like i really and that's why i'm excited to hear this uh, john denver covering the beatles i love beatles covers when they're done well um he's I done heard a few a, a, i heard a, i saw a band live that covered eleanor rigby by the beatles and the cover was awesome it was so cool but they didn't have a recording of it or anything like that so i was like crap but it was such a good cover um i saw when i saw sting live he did a cover of um a day in the life was really really good um and just just stuff like that um i'm trying to think uh oh there, there was at one time and this would have been awesome uh peter gabriel was thinking about recording a uh, a double disc with he was going to uh, his disc was going to be covers of a bunch of modern bands mm-hmm. songs or like a vampire weekend song or or like all these younger bands like that that are kind of like my generation bands he was going to cover a bunch of their stuff and then on the second disc it was going to be um all of those bands covering one of his songs which would have been a really really cool idea but i guess it fell through because all the bands that he wanted to work with were on different labels and they couldn't get sure. their stuff together so so, man, it sucks how business works like that because that was such a cool idea. And Peter Gabriel is like a genius. He's he's a brilliant, brilliant musician. Um, and that would have just been awesome to to hear. But yeah, yeah. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is that I, I do like I like cover stuff when it's done well. And um, yeah, you know, and uh, so I'm excited to hear that. I like when I like when they're covered well, but I also hate when. And this can go for anybody. I'm thinking of Dixie Chicks and Cheryl Crow would put out their version of whatever song. And it's the exact same way that it was originally sung. 
Yeah. I hate that because now you missed an opportunity. But what I hate more, and this goes for other, you know, we can pick Ugly Kid Joe for, for doing that or whoever. They're going to get their one hit because they took a chicken crap way out of it to get mm-hmm. attention. Their only hit was them putting out as a single a cover of a well-known song. So there's no skill, there's no talent that got you to that spot. You right. got to that spot because you picked, you know, and, and Dixie Chicks and Cheryl Crow are both guilty of that because they are they were already established. They didn't yeah. need to do that cheap, shortcut garbage. No. And it angers me because they didn't do anything different to it. They just rehashed the song. Yeah. It took an easy way to number one, I guess is the way to put it. And I hate that crap. Yeah, and I I, I actually uh, I hate uh, when they over over popify. That's totally not a real thing, but I know where you're going. Uh, what's that? I know where you're going with it. Um, are the Counting Crows doing Big Yellow Taxi? Yes, oh, yes, yes. Really, really upsets me. Me too. Me and Cindy Cindy doesn't mind it, but I'm like, no, no, it, it misses the heart of the the original version, and I love Big Yellow Taxi. Yeah, me too. You know, but you're right. Then they do that, and it's the same thing with uh, what you call it, doing them. I'm a believer. Uh, well, yeah, I'm a believer. Uh, I can understand why you would hate it, but right. uh, I, I I think it's it's fun um, for the most part. I I don't I don't hate Smash Mouth because uh, I was young when they came out, and their first album is awesome. Uh, you probably wouldn't like it. It's very very. Punky and yeah, I'm not a fan of their voice. But uh, but that one's you know it's on it's on the fence for me. It's like yeah, yeah. depending on my mood when I hear it come on. And that's the thing too, because I was never crazy about I'm a believer to begin with. It's like I've said before, it's a uh, you know not one of the monkeys' best. It's it yeah. was the it was the machine forcing them to do an you know a poppy lighthearted song as opposed to rock and roll that they did on their own. Yeah. Um, huh? I said, uh, you know, what can you do? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go. Um, okay. We will pick up. I'm going to have my two lists already all by myself for next week. Okay. <laughs> and uh, thanks, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Keep your comments and questions and art coming because we, we are looking for some nice art to display. Yeah. All right. Talk to you later. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.